track My best friend's in a gun rack I'm a low life I owe everybody money I think racist jokes are funny I'm a low life I got a dirty mind A gutter mouth I'm making time I'm going out with your wife Cause I'm a low Motherfuckers, welcome to another episode of the Low Life Motherfucking Chop of Podcast. Welcome to your Friday Low Lives. We are back to basics this week. It's just Lata and myself rolling into this episode. But before we get into Lockta's Greasy Dozen build and then a bunch of uh, kind of year in review type stuff, we're going to kick this one off the way we always do with. Those motherfucking sponsors. motherfucking sponsors. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> First up, we've got Chicken Fried Choppers, aka Chicken Rick. This is the man behind ChopShit.com, your go-to source for all of these stickers, pins, patches, hoodies, and chopper goodies, as well as all of your low-life merch. So, if you're in the market for quality products made by people we know, you can get it all at ChopShit. Dot com. Including your little eyes out podcast merch. I already said that. <laughs> oh, I wasn't listening. Somebody started playing music downstairs in the fucking shop, so it was distracting <laughs> the fuck out of me. <laughs> That's okay. We don't hype the merch enough, so we could say it twice. It's, it's worth it. Hey, listen, go, go so I also think I think we should do um I know I always just like randomly spit all these things live on air for some reason. <laughs> That's fun, I'm right? sure you don't appreciate it, but... <laughs> That's a good time to do. Um, That's it? <laughs> yeah. Listen, I'm thinking we haven't put out uh, any new merch in a while. And we should do something... I mean, we should talk to Rick, obviously, because we're going to have him push it. Um, but we should either do hoodies or beanies mm. for, for a winter thing. Because we haven't put anything out in a while, so... Beanies would be cool. Yeah, I'd be down for some beanies. I, I think that would be dope. Or hats. Yeah, we could do hats too. I mean, I could do all the hats here. That's what I'm saying. I thought you loved doing the hats. I do. That's my new favorite fucking thing. For anybody that needs fucking custom trucker hat and curve bill hats, whatever you want, hit me the fuck up. I love doing it. It's just so much easier than shirts, to be honest. All right, listen, I'm deciding <laughs> on the air right now. We're going to do hats. If, right, if, you're, if you've got the setup, there's no reason why we got to go do some outsource shit right now yeah everybody's been asking for hats anyway yeah that's true i'll try to get a bang out too before we do the chop up we still haven't made a date for but um yeah now we'll i'll just give them a rick now we should do some curve some curve bill one i don't know what you call this this one that i always wear with the fucking like a baseball cap yeah like a regular baseball cap yeah we'll do we'll do like 50 50 i like those too but uh we'll do the 50 50 half baseball caps and half trucker caps Perfect. that'll be dope i think we'll yeah. do a couple camo ones too for our hunting guys dude i would i <laughs> i literally wear a camo one every day so if we could get a camo yeah. for life one i think that would be a hot seller yes maybe we just need to do a whole run of camo dude maybe we should just do the camo it's still hunting season can we get tree bark can we get tree bark for evo <laughs> can we <laughs> Listen, I'm talking. I've been talking to Evo Jesus, man. We're we're gonna be setting up to either get him um, to come here, or maybe we can 
lease something or go to his place or something. But next year, we're definitely going to hunt with Evil Jesus somewhere. Yes, dude, we got to do that. Gotta have got a buck. I've seen that. Fucking killing the game. Free bark don't lie, bud. <laughs> <laughs> results speak for themselves. All right. So, anyways, up next, <laughs> we got the homie Wes at Custom Destruction absolutely destroying. Get that? See what I did there? Destroying in, <laughs> in custom helmets. <laughs> um, Wes is putting out a full blown custom helmet for the same price is your stock fucking helmet. So get over to customdestruction.com, custom destruction on Instagram, and get yourself the only motherfucking helmet that makes the ugliest motherfucker look sexy. Beautiful. Next up, we've got chopcult.com. Lisa holding it down over there, the hub for the chop community. Head on over, make yourself a build thread for your next build. Scroll through the classifieds to find parts you need. Scroll through the Brolidex to see who's riding around in your area. And don't forget to check out all the new features on their blog. I think I've said this in the past, probably the longest continuous running chopper blog that I'm even aware of. Uh, They do a great job over there continuing to pump out content and they got their hands in pretty much every event across the country. So huge shout out to Chop Colt and to Lisa for holding it down. Next up, we've got Keebler Customs and Lucky Horseshoe Customs out in Denver, Colorado. If you guys haven't heard of them, they are doing some of the most impressive fabrication work, uh, both for motorcycles and commercial. Head on over to Keebler Customs, dot, uh, Jesus, Keebler Customs on Instagram and Horseshoe Customs LLC. I don't know when this was changed, but I looked it up just the other day. It's Horseshoe Customs LLC on Instagram. Give them both a look. Uh, It's uh, Kevin and Cody. Great dudes. Support them. Uh, We met them at Greasy Dozen last year. Awesome, awesome bunch of guys and love what they're doing out there. Let's see. Next up, we got Paco. 50 years in the game with all of the parts you need for your Harley Davidson motorcycle. They got Frames, exhausts, handlebars, headlights, front ends, my favorite, transmission components. Mm. Oh, shit. God, it's so great, right? (laughs) Okay, I'm good. So, Paco, great company. They've got literally a little bit of everything. Head on over to Paco, P-A-U-G-H-C-O.com or Paco Parts, all one word, on Instagram. And then last but not least, we got this month's giveaway sponsor. The motherfucking Unicorn Ranch. Oh, Unicorn Ranch. (laughs) Listen, your boy is uh, this month's giveaway sponsor. Um, I've been wanting to do it for a while, and we had a fucking gap, so here it is. Um, I'm not exactly 100% 100 sure on everything in the giveaway, but... I did just pick up some aluminum um, signs today that are, I think they're like 12 by 6. Um, so I'm going to pinstripe one of those. That'll be in the giveaway. Um, I will probably make a couple decals and a probably a one-off uh, Unicorn Ranch hat. So, and I, listen, this is the other shit in the giveaway, too. I'm just not sure what, but 
Uh, I will get some pictures up ASAP. Make sure you are following the Unicorn Ranch on Instagram. You should already be motherfucking following. I say this shit every goddamn week. So you better be making sure you are fucking following. And you have to be a Patreon subscriber. Listen, for this one, um, we're going to bring it back to what Chicken Rick did. Anybody that is a Patreon subscriber from $1 and up will be entered into this giveaway. That's right. For all you cheap fucks that had just been fucking waiting to jump on that Patreon, this is your motherfucking chance. $1 and up will get you into this month's drawing for the Unicorn Ranch giveaway. Perfect. All right. I think uh, that's all we got for sponsors, right? I think that's it. Beautiful. And I think we're ready to roll into these motherfucking shout-outs. First up, let's see. I got to get the other page open. Oh, uh, I want to give a huge shout-out to the homie Tyler J. Petrie, who happened to just win the born uh, – oh, Jesus Christ. Um, yeah, to win the Born Again Choppers giveaway. And I found out he hit me with a message uh, this past Sunday, I believe. And he ended up winning my fucking pinstripe um, chopper parking only sign that I sent down to the war run. So super pumped that a listener ended up getting that sign. And uh, like Greece said earlier, there could not be another dude that deserves it more. He has literally been following us since the motherfucking beginning. So I appreciate you, motherfucker. Yeah, great dude, for sure. Let's see. Next up, actually, not a specific person, but it just passed this past week. Shout out to all of the veterans out there listening to this show. Veterans Day was this week. We didn't get a chance to put anything out on the actual day, but huge thank you to all of you guys for your service. We appreciate everything that you did for this country. And if you guys are listeners of this show, we're fucking stoked to have you here. All right. Next up, shout out to Shawnee Shred, who locked out. You might remember from not this past deadbeat, but the deadbeat. Oh, yeah. Before. I remember. The dude um, who ate fucking a face full of pine dirt. <laughs> oh, did he? <laughs> right? No, different kid. You're thinking of Jesse Party. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. That's right. That's right. I was gonna say, I'm like, I don't remember this kid like eating shit on it. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That was um, that was the new park next to us, right? He yeah, had the, the with the Tacoma with the platform tent. Yeah, with the tent on top. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So he's also an archery hunter. Super good dude. Gave me a bunch of pointers. Um, there's another dude we got we got to go hunting with at some point. He was talking about coming up to New Hampshire. I was telling him I have no spots picked out and was not ready for this season. But next season, that's our season, bud. We'll make it happen. <laughs> Uh, fuck, I just said wrong. Oh, uh, huge shout out to the homie Chopper Fisher. Um, finally, this weekend, everybody is going to get to see the interview he did with me for my Greasy Dozen build. Um, I know he has been waiting for this to drop as much as I have. Um, he absolutely killed it and like had no fucking time to do it because I took forever to get it to a point where he could film it. So 
Um, again, appreciate the fuck out of Matt for busting his ass and making an amazing video for me. Uh, if you guys don't already, follow Chopper Fisher on YouTube. Perfect. Let's see. Um, I know we touched on it during the sponsor section of last week, but it should be arriving this week. Shout out to Chopper Bob for helping with the machining part of a job that came in from a listener for a very special project that he had. Um, Could not have done it without Bob's help. And he made it better than I thought he could have um, put the whole thing together. Like I said, should be arriving where it's supposed to go this week. When it gets there, I'll know whether we could give the details about it all. But yeah, I would love to see some pictures. Yeah, they're because they're going to be doing some paint stuff. It it, uh, it looks pretty normal now, wow. just the fabrication work, the base. But uh, when they finish with it, I would love to see some pictures yeah. of what they do too. So yeah, shout out to Chopper Bob. I appreciate you, homie. Could not have done it without you. Uh. Huge, huge, huge shout out to Bear and Zane at the Greasy Dozen. Um, this this episode right here is going to wrap up our Greasy Dozen series. Um, I tried to get as many of the guys on here as possible. Um, obviously, some people are just fucking busy and some people just aren't into it, whatever. Um, so, yeah, huge shout out to Bear and Zane. They have absolutely been busting their ass to uh, make this happen this weekend. Um, just a reminder, Saturday, November 14th, 7 p.m. Eastern Time uh, on Facebook. J- you can just go to Facebook right now. Go to Facebook right fucking now. Type in Greasy Dozen Digital Show and just click going. And it'll send you a fucking reminder when it comes up. And uh, just do us a fucking favor. All the guys, the 13 guys that we all busted our ass through a fucking pandemic and it sucked. It was a pain in the balls, and we didn't get to do our show. So this is our show. Just go tune in, check out what the fuck we did, and that's it. That's the best way to show some fucking support. We appreciate it. Love it. All right. I think I think that's all I got this week. I can't think of anything else right now. Um, I will do oh, one more shout-out. One more shout-out. Nope. Mine first <laughs> was Scott. <laughs> it, this is a shout out and a general, I don't know what you would call it, uh, public service announcement. You guys might have seen a post on pretty much everybody in the CHOP community's pages. Um, cocksucker. <laughs> about, well, you, so we both know what we were going to say here. Do you want to you do it? <laughs> no, go ahead. <laughs> Our homie, long motherfucking Jerry, is the supporter <laughs> of the show and everything Chopper community related. Uh, is going through some stuff right now, and the last thing in the world any of us want to see is for him to lose his shop. He is a solid, hardworking dude that would give you the shirt off of his back, and he would never ask for your guys' help, which is why we're putting this out there, whether he Listen, wants to help us for it or not. I also want to put this out that Jerry was extremely not fucking happy with me about this. I believe it. Yeah. And which is fine. You know what I mean? I'm fine with taking that heat from Jerry. Um, 
he even put out a post. This was not his idea. He's not happy about it. But sometimes you just got to fucking suck that shit up. You know what I mean? And, Absolutely. Um, yeah, man. It was a bunch of us. Um, I don't even know everybody that was on the fucking group chat. I know Grease was part of it. Fat Man, um, Dan Glenzing, uh, Ali Moon. Um, there's just there's so many fucking people that were like, there's no way we can. Chicken Rick and Fat Man were the other. Yeah, two Chicken people. Rick, Fat Man. Um, there's no way that we could just like, listen, and Jerry had a plan. You know what I mean? He, it's not saying he would 100% lose his shop, but. His plan was to get rid of his van. And his van is like, that's like a fucking staple. You see that at every show. You see hundreds of pictures of everybody that you know climbing up to the top of that van and watching what's going on at the show and drinking beers and fucking partying. And um, like we said, Jerry is just a solid ass dude who would literally do anything for he has respect for. And I just feel like it's it's uh it's the community's turn to pay it back. You know what I mean? So um, I don't know how to read out a fucking link to a GoFundMe page, but um, just go to either one of our pages in the link. Oh is yeah, in yeah, Instagram bio. Yes. yeah, it's in the bios. That's right. Um, yeah, if you can spare anything, whether it's a dollar, two dollars, three dollars, whatever the fuck you got, um, or just share it, put it in your story. You know what I mean? That's it. We're just trying to. And you, if you go, to, if you don't follow 812, go fucking follow him. And you can see the amount of shit that he's done for people, for their bikes, shit that he's given to people. Like, he gave Chicken Rick that fucking, um, what the fuck is that bike? That purple one he's been building. The KZ. Yeah, that he gave him that. He drove fucking seven hours and gave me a 69 CB750 because he knew that I've been wanting to build one. That's the kind of dude that Jerry is. You know what I mean? So it's just like. If you have the means to help, by all means, please help. If not, it's fucking cool. Just throw it up in your story and help that way. Yeah, at least help by spreading the message. That's it. Awesome. All right. So I think that's all oh, we got. For the motherfucking shout out. For the motherfucking shout outs. So. With all that out of the way. I think we're good to go ahead and jump into the recap of this greasy dozen build. Let's uh shit. You just had the fucking Ben Shapiro voice. <laughs> oh, did it did it zoom? <laughs> You're like, well, that makes sense. <laughs> Perfect. We're gonna find out on uh the day that it releases uh, whether it. or not that actually I love it even more because it doesn't it doesn't play in the episodes. It doesn't? No. It doesn't play in the episodes. That's why nobody knows what the fuck I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's interesting because you continue to just point it out every time. <laughs> Even though you noted, no one knows what you're talking about. Because <laughs> it's funny to me. That's awesome. Just, you, you I like to let people use their imaginations. <laughs> yeah. Just think back to that last sentence if it sounded funny. That's what it was like. Oh, I also... Uh, I have one more shout-out. You know, past that shout-out section. Um, huge shout out to Rob, the motherfucking crazy Jeff, who got it done in Colorado. I'm not going to tell the whole story because I'm sure he's going to do a fucking full podcast on his um, podcast. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, huge shout out to him. Super stoked. Um, that's literally one of my dream hunts. And uh, just cool as fuck to see 
one of the local homies getting it down in the fucking big country. Absolutely. <laughs> okay. I can't believe that, that motherfucking God, I want to know what that's uh, what that's all about. One is day. he coming on? He coming on here to tell that story, or is he telling that on his? You're saying he's just going to tell a story on his show? Yeah, I'm sure he's going to do a whole episode on it. He's probably recorded something true. up there. True, true. All right. So that being said, let's jump into this. Let's get a recap on how this whole build went for you. You know, we've been doing all these interviews with the Greasy Dozen Builders. This is going to be kind of the final one. We're going to go through the same stuff with you. We'll go through how you got the bike, um, what, how, how you decided what direction you were going to go with it, and um, all that stuff. So let's kick it off with how you got into motorcycles. Uh, so I was going to say, <laughs> I want to skip the whole backstory. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. Yeah, because people know that whole thing. <laughs> yeah, I'm just fucking with you. So let's get into... Um, Let's let's start with how you how you got the actual um, like the idea of what you were going to build. Yeah. So uh, for a while before the reason I was there, I've been before the greasy dozen. I've been uh, I was wanting to build a shovelhead anyway. Um, didn't have one, and then so I entered. People, I don't know if everybody knows, but I entered into greasy dozen last year. Well, the the prior the, yeah last year. And uh, to build the steps out, didn't get selected. Um, so then I, I had no intentions on entering this year, this well, this past year. And uh, ended up talking to Amy a couple weeks after, like the whole registration thing opened up, and she was like, "You should definitely try for Greasy Dozen again." And it just so happened that same day, um, a dude hit me up that was just just friends with him on Facebook, some dude out in Maine and was like, Hey, uh, I see you like older Harleys and shit. And I'm like, yeah, I, that's yeah, I guess. Yeah. And he was like, well, any chance you want to sell that C10? And at, no, there's not a chance I want to sell my fucking C10. <laughs> and he was like, well, if you ever change your mind, let me know. I got a old Harley that I'd be willing to trade. So I was like, okay, cool. I love adding extra shit boxes into my life. So what do you got? And he sent me over some pictures. He had a 1980 shovelhead, um, kick only, and just had like some fresh white paint on. The bike was a very nice looking bike when I got it. It was clean. Um, most people probably wouldn't have fucked with that bike. They probably would have just rode it. Um, so whatever. I told him, yeah, come on down. I'll check the bike out. And I called up Chopper Bob because I wasn't too familiar with shovels at this point. Mm-hmm. And was like, hey, I got a dude coming over to show me a bike. Um, any chance you can come over and check it out with me? So Bob came over and Fat Man ended up being here. And so whatever, dude showed up and uh, I looked over the bike. Everything looked good. It wasn't leaking. Um, it looked like a fucking solid bike. Rolled it off the trailer. Um Took it for a ride, had Bob take it for a ride, Fat Man ended up taking it for a ride. This is all before I even did the deal. So this dude already has like three motherfuckers riding his motorcycle. Wow. <laughs> and then uh, I was like, yeah, fuck it, we'll do it. So he left with my truck. That was hard. Um, honestly, a truck that I've been trying to get 
Um, I mean, not that exact truck, but trying to get a 70 C10 pretty much since I was 16 years old and finally ended up getting one. And so that was kind of a hard pill to swallow. But um, I knew if I was going to enter a show. And, and so at this point, when I first traded for this, I wasn't even trying to uh, get into the greasy dozen. I think I was like, I want to say I was trying to get into people's champ. Yeah, I think I was trying to get into people's champ. And uh, ended up canceling that at last minute because I was like, there's no way I got fucking time for this. So I was like, ended up withdrawing my submission that I put into people's champ. And uh, ended up going for, somehow I ended up like, yeah, the fuck, let's do Greasy Dozen. Made no fucking sense, but whatever. Um, so entered in the Greasy Dozen. Um, I think I put like maybe five miles on it. I literally wrote it up and like around my block and then brought it back to the house and started just tearing it apart. Um, Cause I was going to build it, whether I got into greasy dozen or not. Um, so started ripping apart uh, videos. At the same time I started. And uh, so I was throwing those up and it just grabbed bear and Zane's attention because that's the kind of shit that they liked is when you do like different shit, like what bear was saying, like Christian Newman skydived or like base jump, whatever the fuck he did. Um, they just like seeing different shit. And so I was like putting on a video like once a week of like doing different shit and cutting a swing arm off and just doing all kinds of shit. And, uh, ended up getting picked on Thanksgiving as one of the first 12 and the chopper class. And, that was the other thing too is uh so I forget I can't remember who the fuck it was now. Um who was that? Do you remember well, who it was that we kept saying I hated swing out choppers? Oh no, I can't remember. Fuck. I remember this situation, fuck. but I can't remember who it was. Yeah, I can't remember now. So anyway, somebody was like wrote into the show and was like what do you like do you consider this a swing arm chopper? And I was like, no. And that like started a fucking war. There was like five people that came at me hard as fuck after that. Talking about like, I just don't appreciate swing on blah, blah, blah. And so I was like, fuck it. If I get in a greasy dozen, I'll build a swing on chopper. And, and I've said this a hundred times, even if you guys watch the last thing, you'll see it in my interview. Um, I'm not saying this is what has to be to be a swing arm chopper. I'm saying if you ask me what is a swing arm chopper, this is what I expect. You know what I mean? So it's like, I'm not saying like, these are the rules of swing arm choppers. I'm saying, if you ask me, this is what I'm looking for. This is a caliber that I expect to be able to call a swing arm chopper. Um, yeah. So I just, that's the route I went and ended up getting picked and just went fucking full bore into this build. Pretty much tried to push myself on anything and pulling out pretty goddamn heavy. I ended up buying a new lathe. Well, not a new lathe. It's a fucking very old lathe. But lathe. Um, I bought a box press. I bought uh, a fuck lot of new tools. I got a finger grinder, which was fucking huge. It ended up being one of the best purchases I bought. And it's probably 
um, which is like the equivalent to like a Dynafile type deal. But this one is electric. It just yeah. like plugs into the wall. Um, absolutely love that thing. That was huge. Um, ended up tooling up pretty goddamn heavy. Bought a new, like a way bigger toolbox. Um, I spent a lot of money just on tools just for this build. Because uh, like I said, I was pushing myself so much further than I ever have and wanted to just really do something that I haven't done yet. Uh, as well as trying to give a little bit of spotlight. And I, I hate saying it like this, but it's the only way I know how to say it. Um, like giving a little bit of spotlight to anybody that I could, like any of my, my homes that are, have a business, I wanted to try to include them when I had that kind of spotlight on me. You know what I mean? Um, so with that, I reached out to um, Steel City Blacksmithing. And anybody that listened to the show, like, religiously every week, you know, I'm a huge fan of what he does. Um, just his dedication to it and the heartache that that kid's gone through. Not Nobody knows what that kid's gone through and still has built a an amazing fucking company by himself. Well, I don't want to say by himself. I'm sure he has his family and I know his girl and his parents and all that shit. But I mean, like as like a one man band um, to like all the shit that he's gone through and being a younger dude, and fresh into the chop community. Um, I just have a lot, a, like a ton of respect for him. Um, so he was the first person I reached out to and was like, look, I'm under a pretty good platform right now. Um, I know after this is done, this is going to be by far probably one of the best bikes I'll ever build. And I'm going to let the homie Chopper Fisher photo shoot it, enter into many magazines as he wants. It'll be on his YouTube channel. And so I want to include anybody that I thought like was, and this kind of goes on the same thing what Chicken Rick says. Um, that dude's following is fucking huge. And he could literally have every underground fucking parts maker selling shit on his website. You know what I mean? Right. But Chicken Rick goes by this thing where like, he doesn't want to fuck with somebody if they're wholeheartedly not into it and like love what they do. Um, so it's kind of like the same process for anybody that I brought in on this build. And it's not because I couldn't make a sissy bar. Cause like I could have easily fucking made a sissy bar. Um, but it was like, I wanted to show it's what he can do and not saying that I'm going to make this kid huge, but it's like, if I have a chance to have that kind of attention on me and companies that sponsor this event, um, I want to be able to like help the homies out at the same fucking time. Um, so I got him in and it took us probably three weeks of just going back and forth, trying to figure out a design on like the kind of twist I wanted. Cause I want to twist and not people see, like people don't see every day. You know what I mean? I didn't just want like the regular twist or anything like that. And some of the twists that I was sending him was so fucking hard. It was like probably one of the hardest fucking twists. And we ended up settling on the one that I did and he fucking killed it. Absolutely. Everybody that has been to the shop and has seen this bike, that's the first thing that they point out. And they're like, holy fuck. Because it, it's so good and like so um, like mirror imaged on both sides that it looks fake. It doesn't. <laughs> yeah, it um, is really fucking awesome what he did. It's, it's ridiculous. And 
uh, yeah. So it's like, that was like my main, I mean, I just have so much respect on like the art that he's doing and like the time that he puts into it. Um, so he was the first guy called, um, Greece knew from the get go that any take well that I needed, he was going to be the guy for that. Um, and same reason, because like anybody that listened to the show knows how much. Like, this, all right, so there's, there's, there's like a difference in people that can weld and welders. You know what I mean? And like sure, when people yeah. hear you talk, like I'm not even like a welder. You know what I mean? I can weld. But like when I hear you talking, it's like, it's my mind how much you love welding like the the information that you have on <laughs> welding and like the shit about welding and like the knowledge you have it's like it just blows my fucking mind you know what i mean i appreciate that man yeah. and i just was on like what i was saying is like i just wanted people to that we're gonna take whatever i gave them as serious as i was taking this build and obviously i reached out to the dirty builds guys had them do some cnc shit for me um again it was like nothing that like i needed you know what i mean but it was like dirty bills have been rocking with us since the beginning right and and those guys are like some of the hardest fucking workers right now like those guys are just like and some like the most just like such good dudes like i've seen these dudes come down and just because to wire grease's garage you know what i mean like yeah that's that just like um, right it's like that's just the dudes that these guys are and it's like how do I not like, even if I didn't have an idea for any CNC cutting, I would have figured something out to pull them to this build. You know what I mean? Cause they're just such good dudes. Like we don't hang out all the time. Cause they're out in Connecticut, like probably three hours from us, but it's like, they, I just have a lot of stuff. Yeah. Those dudes too. That is, they were some serious fucking hustlers. Um, I'm trying to think who else. Oh, um, deep six cycles. Um, I actually didn't even meet him until after I started um this build and found out he's actually that's from me and i still haven't caught up to him which is fucking crazy but it's been like he's been swamped work and then i've been super fucking busy so that we haven't had the personal meeting yet but um just from like a couple conversations with him and seeing the equipment that he's invested in is like it's fucking mind-blowing and he's another dude who's like he's not putting out shitty shit just to make money. You know what I mean? He's like, everything he puts out is top notch. Even his packaging is fucking ridiculous. And so he was another guy where I was like, fuck it, dude, those pegs that you make are super dope. And like, I have a lathe, you know what I mean? I could make pegs and I ended up making my shifter peg. Um, I could have made my pegs probably not as nice as his, but again, it was like, I seen him, and the work that he does, like the craftsmanship that goes into it and the love that he has for it. And I'm like, fuck it, dude, why not? You know what I mean? And so that was pretty much like what this build was. I wanted to show every stop that I can pull out at that time and every stop that like my homies can at that time. Um, and it's different. Like that's the same thing when I was building the steps out. I thought I was pulling all the fucking stops out for that build. You know what I mean? Right. And so it's, I'm getting like super sidetracked here, but so that this was, this was going to be my best build and my best work to date. Um, this was going to be, and like I said, this when we had bear on, 
when you get accepted to Greasy Desk, you can look at it two ways. You can look at it as fucking dope. I'm about to get a bunch of free parts and be able to build a motorcycle. Or you can look at it as this is your chance to build the sickest fucking thing that you've ever built and do two things. Show people that guys building out of their home garages can build super nice fucking bikes. And two, create more, like, you down the line. Like, get people to notice who you are. Get people to follow you. Get um, invited to shows, which make new people. It's just, it's a whole thing. And I said from the beginning, once I got accepted, this would be the best thing that, and I said, the best thing I'll ever build. And I don't know if that's true. I mean, better because it earned more shit you know what i mean right um, but yeah so that was that was pretty much the goal i just it was going to be above and beyond anything that i would have done if building that shovel head just for the hell of it you know what i mean because i could have built that shovel head without the grease dozen and just built another bike that is like a subpar chopper like the step job and like not saying it's I, it's weird because I like have this love for stepchild because it was my first Harley. It was my dad's first Harley. Bullshit. But it's like I look at that bike and I'm like, fuck, dude. I could have done so much better. But I still nice. It's still a a bike that's not like unpleasing to look at. You know what I mean? Right. So when I say like subpar, I'm not saying like a shitty bike. I'm just looks the part. You know what I mean? And I could have easily done that with a shovel. But um, that just wasn't my goal. My goal was like, when you enter a show like the Greasy Duck, if you take it serious, there's so much motivation to just like keep. And like, we've said it a bunch of times, probably on fucking every episode so far. The builders chat that they make is like the most, it's probably the best fucking thing about Greasy Doesn't. It's like, you just get into that chat guys are bouncing ideas off each other and like throwing out pictures of what they're doing. And it's like just pushing you and pushing you and pushing you to fucking just keep going and make it by yourself. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. man. this being into the greasy doesn't one of the craziest things I've done. It's not even like, and that's the weirdest part is like, it's not a show where you're going to go and like you could be the number one guy and win the whole show. That's not it. Like you're not going, you're not going there and winning like this big fucking money prize or like getting a trophy. You know what I mean? And I would have taken this over and like, this is no disrespect to anybody at um, built well or anything like that. For being the first show that I built a bike for builder, I'm glad it was the greasy day. Because it's just more of a laid back um, like environment. Like you can reach your quote unquote and they'll send, there was dudes sending each other, like Lanchon Tropico was sending me parts. You know what I mean? Because like shit I couldn't find because of the pandemic. I would hit up John and he had to do that. And it just has like trail fucking chopper shit. 
And he was sending me parts. He was sending Dan parts. And it was the experience overall was just absolutely fucking amazing. And I'm my first the show again. I mean, I'm not going to say I wouldn't. Um, the first show I ever built for was the Greasy Dozen. Yeah. I think it's a great spot. You know, like you said, it's it's a great group of people. They're not, it just doesn't feel like people are battling as much as they are all working separately. You know what I mean? Right. Right. That, like, and it's just like, he isn't there. The cool thing too is like, and I don't want to downplay like the coolness of building a bike for a show and then going there and winning first place. Cause that's rad as fuck. And that's like a big ego boost when you can do something like that. And one day I hope, you know what I mean? I hope to be able to build show that I was invited to and take first place. Cause that's like, that's a really good achievement for not for anybody else. You know what I mean? But for yourself to know you're making such good pros, like, um, that like, you're just like exceeding everything that you've done before. It's, it's like a good confidence boost to go and win first place at a show. But this show, it's just like, it's not like that. You know what I mean? It's like when you win, you get accepted into being one of those 13 builders. That's what you win. You know what I mean? And it's like, no matter what you do and you build that bike, you're not going to go to that show and then be bummed out you lost because you already won. Right. It's, it's a thing, but I don't know. I'm just super – and, like, me and you have talked about this before. And before I was in the Greasy Dozen, like when Amy and – um uh, Brandon were in it. I was, I always thought it was a really weird concept. I just don't get how you do a show, but there's no winner. Right. Yeah. I do remember I talking couldn't about grasp, that. Yeah. I, that concept. And it's like now after going through it, it's like, I feel like every show should be like that. You know what I mean? It's just crazy, dude. It's, it's such a good thing that Bear and Zane came up with this fucking idea. Um, Oh, man. everybody to try and get into the greasy dozen because it's crazy and it's not it's here's the weird thing this season kind of got fucked um we had a global pandemic which made it so hard to build a fucking bike it was so fucking hard because like trying to order parts, everything was weeks and months out. And I think five weeks to get tired rims from my bike. And yeah, it just fucked me. It fucked me so bad because I sold the front end with my front wheel and all that shit. So I didn't have a tie. I was taking wheels off the so I could fucking have a building this thing. It was just. And then, uh, so we ended up the show, and which was like a huge, huge letdown. Because um, once you get in, and like you're in this group chat, and you're talking to these dudes all day at three a.m., you'll put out a text in that group, he will answer you, and then you're bouncing ideas off somebody at three o'clock in the fucking morning. Um, you like develop this bond and 
that's what I look forward to the most as like the time was winding down was not even like get out and show this bike off. I wanted to get out to Ohio and meet these dudes been going through the same shit as I did. And it was fucking tough, man. <laughs> it was, uh, it was really, tough. like I said in the beginning, I sold my seven to get the shovel head. And I want to say I got like a couple months into it and elder ended up breaking, mm. which absolutely fucked. It built a bike without a welder. Just it worked. Um, so I ended up taking, I had a wagon and that was literally my only car. My wife obviously has a car. I didn't get rid of a car and not have anything for my children, but my personal car was the only way I could get to work. Um, I sold that for $700 enough to buy a welder. And I could have got more money for that car. That car fucking ran great. It had <laughs> 75,000 original miles on it. The thing was, I could have got more money, but it was like, I'm in the middle of this build and I need a fucking welder now. And 700 bucks. Yeah. So I threw it up on Facebook Marketplace. First person to offer me fucking 650 bucks. I took it and same day I went down and fucking bought a new whole bar. And the wife was like, she was, I'll, I'll give my wife, I don't know if the shoe was on the other foot that I would have dealt with it. Um, I was super grown. Uh, and just, dude, I spent a lot of money and not in the best time, like in the world, like in the middle of a pandemic, um, like not knowing what was going to happen with our jobs. And I remember when I bought my wheels, dude, I spent $300 on my rear wheel and like 200 some change on the front wheel. And then like another 200 some change on the tires. So I pretty much dropped like close to a thousand dollars. And that was on like a Friday. And on Sunday morning, my boss called me and said the company was shut down. Oh, and dude, I just remember like, like, and like, it was bad, dude. Like, <laughs> and I'm, I'm really like, I'm trying to put it all out there because I want people to know that like this, <laughs> during this pandemic, there was no like lack of trying with anybody in, in the greasy dozen this year. Like we went through some shit to make this happen. And, uh, yeah, so I ended up losing my job. Not for long. It was only for like two weeks, and which was kind of like a blessing and heartache at the same time. So obviously, I didn't have the money. Um, I didn't have that much money saved. So I'm in the middle of a build, and I was just relying on the checks every week. And um, But it gave me a solid two weeks to just be in the garage and, dude, putting in so much fucking time. And then luckily the boss called and said, look, we can up. There's like a whole bunch of restrictions because for most of you guys know, I'm, I'm a tow truck guy. Um, so it's like always, we can't have people in the truck. Like when a customer calls, there's like all these questions. It was fucking insane. So I went from making a $700 take-home salary to no work and then going back to work 
getting put on commission only because we didn't know what was going to go on and brought home $300 a week for almost two months. Wow, dude. And dude, talk about my rent alone is $1,850 for electric. That's before oil. That's before food and a car payment and insurance. It's fucking dude. It was some tough times for your boy. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> and here I am, dude. I got a lathe now. Yeah. And like, here I am. I bought a lathe. I bought a welder. I bought a toolbox. I bought a box press. I bought fuck loads of tools. And dude, there was a point where I was like, I'm going to have to throw in the towel and I'm going to have to get everything that I have for this bike and sell it. And thankfully that didn't end up happening. Um, business started picking up my boss went back on salary and everything worked out, but <laughs> it was fucking hell, man. It was a, a really tough go at trying to build the most astonishing thing that you've ever done. <laughs> um, thankfully, uh, I built a lot of stuff in house. So that was huge. It was nice having the lathes because I could do all my wheel spaces. I could do, um, any kind of bungs that I needed. I could do my own fucking shifting pegs and had, like I said, I had that new, um, all like the new, uh, Sanders buffing wheels. I had all that, my own equipment. So I didn't have to spend too much money out house when it came to that. Um, but it was still very, very fucking tough. And so then it comes to the paint for the bike. Um, as most of you guys know, the homie Fosmobile, aka Matt Day, um, he's the one who painted the bike. Um, fucking kill. Um, so I t- gave him some ideas, not even ideas. I Googled some pictures of paint i like and that was pretty much just like your like super bright metallic colors i want i want this bike to be if you're walking by you have to stop and look at it yeah and I pretty much just told him like do it do what you want i dropped the frame off to him and he got to work on that this stuff brought over the rest of the stuff to him. And so I didn't know the color. I didn't know what designs he was doing on the bike. And I didn't know. So now I'm just like kind of in limbo at the shop. I'm trying to do like as much Paul and um, rebuilding the front, doing the lowers on the, uh, the lower legs. Uh, just all kinds of shit like that. And, Actually, you would have picked up the frame for the first time. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And it was so crazy to see that. The way I got this bike, dude, it was absolutely insane. So the way I got this paint, um, I can assure you, in my life, um, a job this nice. If one, it wasn't an amazing painter, and two, I, if I didn't have something to barter. Um, there was no way that could afford this paint job or justify spending $10,000 on a paint job. 
that's a tough one to swing. <laughs> yeah. Like I couldn't even, even if I had the money, it'd be tough to justify. Um, but so Maddie ended up turning out, he used Oriental with a silver base. And then I think he said Big Daddy Roth Flake. Um, and that's for the whole frame. He did like this goat striping throughout the entire frame. Um, and then the tank is that same color blue with orange uh, flames that go down it. But like old school flames, not like, you know what I mean? <laughs> with like this like pinstriping accent around it. Dude, absolutely fucking killed it. Way beyond what the FXR was worth. Um, so I gave him a 80-something, I forget what it was, 80-something FXR um, in trade for the paint. Um, the bike wasn't in terrible shape, but it also wasn't running. Uh, it was having starter issues. And he just went above, like, way of what he needed to do to make that trade good. Gotcha. He knew I was in the show. He knew that I was trying to do, like, the best that I've ever done and really just build, like, a show-stopping bike. And... So, I so like super appreciate. I could never like even tell him how much I appreciate put into this. And it, this is all candy paint, by the way. So anybody's ever painted with candy paint, it takes forever. And like you can't fuck up. You know what I mean? Because like, you fuck up, then it's it's fucked. You know what I mean? And absolutely fucking killed it. Um, and he ended up telling me at the end, he's like, if somebody was buying paint for me this would be roughly ten thousand dollars and i was just like blown away um but yeah so we were going to do an episode with maddie and we get to his house and this is the day that i was picking up the frame so greece was there with me and uh dude when he pulled that cover off that bike it was like the craziest thing i've ever seen in my life <laughs> i don't know if i don't know if it was because it was my bike but when he pulled that off, I was, like, in awe. No, it was definitely incredible to see. I, like, similar to what you're saying, I'd never really been, like, up close to a frame that somebody had painted, that somebody had spent that much time on and, like, seen, seen just the frame. Because usually you see a bike at a bike show, but it's got, like, the motors in it. There's all this other stuff right. looking at. And this was just, like, an unbelievable paint job just right there in front of you with nothing blocking any part of it. Right. It was, and I even made it harder for him. Cause I remember, so I, he was like, what are you expecting out of this frame? Like, he's like, cause there's no way we have enough time for a fully molded frame. And I'm not, so I like, uh, I I call like a partial mold. Um, I'm not a huge fan of like when the tank and everything is all molded and the fender and like that's not really my style um but i do like all of like the joints and like the castings and all that to be molded so it just looks like a seamless um but i remember he was like i there's no way i have enough time to do all work and up and paint the frame and still have them done in time so i was like do you mind if i do the body work and he was like, can you do body work? And a body shop, but it was more of like, 
doing the prep work. <laughs> yeah, you're like, what do you mean by can I do it? <laughs> so I uh, I went to town and spent, dude, hours and hours and night after night grinding down like the casting welds, like the factory welds, and then getting came down to bare metal and power washing the frame and degreasing and then doing the little bits of Bondo to like blend where the castings were and cutting out the neck, like windowing the, um, dude, there was just so much pop the shovels. Cause I had the split tank with like the speed on the middle. So it has all that extra junk on the backbone. So all that cut off. There was a lot of fucking work going into just the frame. Um, and then plus you were there for some of it for the swing arm with cutting the suspension and pushing that back. I think it was like three and a half inches. Yeah. Um, it was, a. I spent so much time on just the frame to get that ready for paint. It was, it was fucking. And so I ended up bringing it to him. And of course the body work was up to par. <laughs> um, he said it wasn't bad. It was a good start. Uh, it was a good starting point for him. And like, uh, at enough spot where he could easily finish it and get the paint done in time still. Yep. Um, but that's just like, that's another part that like goes to show like he just went so far beyond what he needed to do to make that trade. Right. Um, yeah. So got the frame back from him, started assembling everything. Um, he still had the tins and actually for anybody that watches the release tomorrow um, in my interview part, um, you will see Maddie bringing the tank and in that video is like my legit reaction. The first time I ever see my tins. That's, that's super cool to have that documented. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's really cool. And if you listen closely in the video, you can hear Maddie, he gets out of his truck and he grabs the tank. It's like in a pillowcase. And he says, you can hear it like quietly in the background. So man, or, um, he says, uh, I'm here for the gangbang. <laughs> oh yeah. I remember this. <laughs> so fucking funny. Um, so he brought the tins and all that stuff over and it was like, I was absolutely floored when I seen the tins. The tins were like, like when you see the frame, like there's no way it gets better than this. And then the tins dude are just like fucking mind blowing. Oh, huge shout out to, um, Oh my God, dude, I'm such a shitbag. What the fuck is, uh, tell oh, me, uh, tell me the part you're thinking of. Maybe I can help. Oh, um, so for a while before I even owned a shovel head, I see Smith and go banging out some fenders. And I was like, dude, I need to work with this guy. Um, his metal work is fucking f- like when you get his fenders. You could literally paint those fucking things. No body work needed. It's ridiculous. His metal working by far the best I've ever seen. In, um, so I hit him up and not even sure if he was going to be down for it. Um, but I wasn't hitting him up to that. Hey, I want this fender that's on your website. Uh, him up yeah, for a fender. How do you feel about making it? And a lot of places are not trying to fuck with you and do that kind of shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
Um, so I was like, listen, I want a like a reverse lip, so like a ducktail fender, and B rolled all the way around the whole outside, and then I want a B roll to go up the center, but then fade off six inches into the fender, so it just goes normal again. And fucking, that's like that's some work. <laughs> Yeah, that's a lot of fucking moving of metal. Um, and he absolutely like killed it. When I got the Fender, I was beyond happy with the work, and it was exactly what I wanted. Yeah, dude, he really does some outstanding stuff with the metal shape. Yeah, crazy. Um, and it it kind of sucks now because it's like. A, any bike I build is going to have to have a Cooper Smith and Fender until I figure out how to ship my own metal. Because it's like, you can't go to another class of that. It's just so clean. It looks so fucking nice. Um, yeah, so huge shout out to him. I did not want to forget him. Um, yeah, so got the bike pretty together. Um, actually, before I even got shipped back from paint, I brought the whole entire bike to Grease's house. Um, a builder's kit from, I forget who it was from. I don't know if it was TC Bros or Lobo. Uh, I think it was TC Bros, though. I think it was TC um, Bros, too. Got the exhaust builder kit. Um, brought it over to Grease's house. And what did that take us? Three uh, days? Dude, so many days. It's tough like to say because building. it wasn't exactly like we were doing straight days of, of doing it. It was just that like little things kept us. It was Cause I started. I remember that like we made like three different designs and that was like the hardest part was once I get like that image of what it needs to be, it needs to be that, you know what I mean? Sure. And I remember it was a totally different setup than what it ended up being. And we kept trying and trying to figure out how to make it work. But the swing arm just sticks out so much further than a rigid bike would. So I didn't account for that. And when it came down to making the exhaust, like we just could not fucking make it work. And we kept trying. And then Repetta was there one night. He was trying to help brainstorm. And it was like, it just wasn't fucking happening. No, definitely was not. Um, and then I remember it was like, um, I remember we're like trying, still trying to do it. And somehow we ended up, cause it was supposed to be the two upswept fishtails, but it was supposed to go behind the frame and like through where the tire goes. Right. It would not fucking work. And then it was going to be just upswept. I mean, not fishtails. Um, and it was supposed to be just swept yeah. 90 straight up in the sky with the um, sissy bar. And that couldn't fucking work because it was just sticking out way too goddamn far. Um, and then somehow we ended up coming up with the doing a two into one with a 90 up with one cocktail shaker. And, dude, it's one of the fucking wildest thoughts. <laughs> Yeah, we definitely, like you said, we went through some, a bunch of fucking ideas, I feel like, in, in the, 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 
what do you call that there? Keep saying pipes. The suspension sticking out really yeah. was what caused more problems than anything else. Yeah. And it was like, like I said, like we had the builder's kit. So it just comes in like a bunch of U-shaped pipes. So it's like, we're just in Greece out of the bandsaw and all that shit. So we're just there and like marking and cutting, marking and cutting, and like spinning tubes. And like, it just could not come up. And I was just, and I'll admit it. I was being such a fucking diva about this exhaust. Um, but it just had to be like, you know what I mean? It had to be as above and beyond as the rest of the bike. You know what I mean? Yeah. You wanted it to look the way you wanted it to look, you know, there's right. a lot of into it. Right. So I think after like the third night, um, we started on that one, um, got it like all tacked together. And then I just left it there. It was like, just do your thing. There's not really a rush on it because the rest of the bike is going to paint, blah, blah, blah. And yeah, you ended up fucking absolutely killing that. Um, ended up leaving all the welds exposed, polished the entire fucking pipe. So it's like, it looks like chrome now, the entire thing. Um, yeah, so super stuck on that. Yeah, that was definitely and the other part. That was a tricky one where we had to trying to get it all lined up with the exhaust port not being yeah Yeah. we're kind of just guessing we ended up tacking the we put it we like pushed the header up into where it goes because the bolt was stripped out so you couldn't bolt the thing in there and then we just tacked i i can't remember we we like tacked a rod we took round stock yeah we tacked a round stock rod to the exhaust pipe shoved it up into the fucking exhaust um, port and then welded that rod from the exhaust pipe to the fucking backbone. I mean, the down to the C post. Yeah, dude, this was ridiculous. The way it was, it was a lot, a lot. And then, uh, yes, we got the exhaust all bagged out. Um, that thing sucked to polish too. That was a motherfucker. I believe it. Um, and then we did the tank. Um, the tank was another one where it was like, this has to be different. I can't just like throw some like, like a Frisco tank and like not talking still about Frisco tanks on that on my sports thing. Um, but it just had to be different. And so I ended up getting a Wassel tank and like a mid ton of Wassel tank. Um, and then I'm like this machined, like, uh, what is that? Aluminum or steel? That growler cap? Uh, that one was steel. The The actual cap might be something else. Well, the, but... the cap is, yeah, the cap's porcelain. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it was like a machine, like steel, like growler top. And I was like, great. So in porcelain, that, that stuff that you use for the, yeah, like you said, the growler where you, you pull the latch down. It's I've never seen that on a bike before. I think it's such a cool top. Yeah, so I was like, Grease, I have this idea. <laughs> and, of course, I didn't have the bike. Um, so I just brought the tank. And we were – I remember that in itself was a fucking project, trying to figure out where that neck was going to be. And then I didn't, we ended up not even doing it the first time. I ended up bringing the bike. Because then we had to get, like <laughs> – we had to set it up on this so we could make sure the thing was going to be right. Yeah, that's right. We didn't want to. We didn't want to put the the filler cap or the like the neck stem to be like off center. 
from the right. Top. Yeah. So yeah, I ended up putting that in. Mounted. I think that thing sticks up probably, I don't know, probably a good two, two and a half inches out of the top. Definitely. Yeah, it's up there. Yeah, so we did that. and uh, Remember how big of a pain in the ass it was to drill that hole? Such a motherfucker. Such a motherfucker. And not even just drill the hole, because remember, we had to cut out the old gas cab. And then oh yeah, cut another piece of fucking steel, put that in, and then weld that in before we could even go on to making a new one. Because we pushed it up like fucking six inches. Yeah, this thing was this was a this was a trick. It was a lot. It was a lot of work, <laughs> and there was no way I was doing that with a MIG welder. I mean, I could have made it work, and I could have just ground the fuck out of all of it afterwards. And but it was just so much easier with reaching out to you because like you're used to doing that shit and like with the finesse of the TIG and it just made sense to go that route. Um, Definitely. And like, who knows? Like if I did have a MIG, like there's no telling that those wells would have not leaked. You know what I mean? At least with a TIG, I feel it's like more controlled. You know what I mean? Yeah. hundred percent. You, you just, there's less cleanup to do afterwards and it's easier to keep it from having a, you know, a cold start, where it doesn't fully seal and then that's right. the problem. And it's definitely the situation <laughs> where you want that you would yeah. want a TIG welder for. Yeah. And AHP for the people out there that I've had a lot of people write about this welder and ask questions. This is all with the AHP. Honestly, we did this with the AHP 201, the alpha TIG, and we did a little bit of it at your shop with the Miller. And that's just a lift arc. Nope. only no features no settings at all um so there's, there's quite a bit you could do with with pretty basic uh tig welders if you're looking to get into that and then do similar stuff like this right but yeah so it's just like there was and like i don't want to like i'm trying to not make it sound like i'm like bragging you know what i mean but i just want like people to know the amount of work, you know what I mean? That goes into this, you know what I mean? <laughs> and yeah. like, that's what I was trying to say, like with my message of like, if you're going to call something a swing arm chopper, like those two words should never be put together. Swing arm and chopper don't fucking go together. You know what I mean? But like, if it's going to, it better be like motor out, and frame up build you know what i mean so like that was like my whole message on it was like this is and again i'm nobody i'm not like the person who decides what's what but in my eyes that's like what i was trying to say and people decided i was hating on fucking swing on bikes that wasn't the case it was like i just expect there to be as much work done as if you built a rigid chopper right and i think that that's you know, that, that's really what we're driving at with all these different – when we call something a chopper, I know it tends to be things that you've touched the frame on. But if you're going to do a swing arm chopper, at least put as many hours in as you would have put in doing framework. You right. know, it can right. be achieved other ways. There can be a lot of work into something that 
that doesn't have a hardtail frame, you know? So like some guys crazy motor work and that's their thing. Like, uh, like vintage technologies, um, and fourth floor choppers, you know, and that that's, some of those are in hardtail frames anyway, but I'm just, the point I'm making is you can do a lot of work to a bike and, and really make it something special without having to necessarily hardtail the thing. Right. And like, I remember like going through this, I was, so I was doing my full-time job and it was literally, I was working from 8 a.m. to like 5, 6 p.m. going home, hanging out with the kids until 9 when they went to bed and then going right and working until like 2.30, 3 o'clock in the morning every single night. And I remember the guy that I first started building choppers with, the guy who first like helped me with the step shot was that dude, Ruby, that old fucking buck. Yeah. Um, I remember one thing he always did was every time he would start a build, he would keep track of the hours that he works on the build. And I always wanted, I'm like, why would you do that? It was just, it's like a very weird thing to me. And it's just like a self gratifying thing for him where it's like, it helps him like appreciate the bike more when he knows like, all right, I've spent. And like one, like his flathead that he built, he has literally, it's logged down in a book. He has 700 and something hours into that build. That's a lot of fucking hours. Yeah. Um, so I remember when I started this build, I was like, I'm just going to log like not crazy. That came, I was like, came in here at this time, left at this time. I'll just write like how many hours. And I'm, so I'm still not, this bike is not a hundred percent done right now. Right now. It, like at the way it sits right now needs a brake line. The chain has to be put on and I have to wire the coil. Um, but to this point, I'm just over 400 hours on this build. Wow. Yeah. And it's crazy, dude. It's so fucking crazy. Um, and I'll be honest, man, I would be lying if I said that I wasn't burnt the fuck out. Um, I haven't been in my shop and probably to like do like a substantial amount of work and going on probably three months. And it's just for the fact of like, it's nice to not have something to do. You know what I mean? (laughs) Like, it's nice to like come home from work, hop in the shower and just sit down and not go do something, which is weird for somebody like me to say, cause like, I always need to be doing something. Um, but dude, it's just like so much went into the bill. I'm glad that it's to a point now where just rest. I'm glad it's over. Um, but it's a lot, man. <laughs> it's a real lot. It'll weigh on you very fucking fast. Yeah, I believe it, man. Sometimes you just need that that time away from it, too, to just recharge. Right. And so at this at this stage where you're you've kind of gotten to a point where you're pleased with the way the bike turned out. You're on the cusp of the release. The release is what tomorrow? Yes, Saturday night. 
Wow. So you're one day away from the release. What are, what are you feeling right now? Um, so here's the thing, dude, is I and so many guys were so aggravated because I wouldn't send out a lot of pictures. Because um, my whole so my whole thinking on it was like, and this is where I have like this love chip for Instagram. Um, if you can just see my entire build and everything that went through it. And like when I have people like Chopper Fisher taking the pictures where you can see every nook and cranny and every detail of everything on the bike, what ambition do you have to drive 14 hours to a hot seat? You know what I mean? You can just look on your fucking where you're taking a shit and see it. Right. So like my whole thing behind it was like, I'm not going to blast out all these pictures and then give nobody anything to look forward to at the show. Um, so I kept it super, like, in-house. Um, not a lot of people seen the bike for a long fucking time. Um, for, like, a while, the only people that seen it were the people that came to my shop. Um, I would post a couple there in the group chat that we had, but then I asked everybody to not share them out, including Baron Zane, which is, like, kind of a fucked up thing to do. <laughs> um, <laughs> But then it got to it got to a point um, where I hit Chopper Fisher up and I was like, "Look, I didn't want to put out any pictures, but I'll let you pick three pictures that you did at the photo shoot, and you can release them because it's like it's a long time for me to have to wait to release everything, but it's even longer for him. Sure. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? It does. Yeah, because he's. Because, like, that's how, right, like, he's invested so much time and money. Um, when I paid, dude, I, so I reached out to Chopper Fisher, and so Chopper Fisher's, like, become family. Um, he's, like, one of my best friends. Such He's just, he's another dude that's just such a good, like, kind-hearted fucking dude. Um there's like no hate in that dude's body. It was fucking amazing, especially in 2020. Um, and same thing with like his old lady. I, dude, she is fucking, you know how like some people like, they're great people. Then you meet their old ladies and you're like, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> She's yeah. like as fucking cool as him. Um, but so I reached out to him and uh, I was like, dude, I really want you to do all of the videography and, the um photo shoot for my bike same reason because i respect what he does i respect his drive for what he does and when we started breezy does and they said whoever does the photo shoots they'll have like their name in that um thing as well so like it'll say by chopper fisher in any magazine or any whatever he'll get photo credit and like this is a fucking brainer you know what I mean? If I can get his pictures of my bikes into these magazines that Bear and Zane are going to send these to, it only makes sense for me to use him. So I was like, hey, what's your PayPal? Make money? Because he's that fucking, he's that kind of dude. And um, so he sent it to me. He's like, why? And I just fucking PayPal him the money. Um, and this dude took that money and went and bought more shit to do my photo shoot. Bought new lights so we could have better lighting and bought a new lens. and this, You know what I mean? Like, bought more shit to make my photo shoot look better. Wow. You know what I mean? So it's like, 
that's the kind of people that I like to fuck with. Like I have no use for like these negative fucks that like aren't happy for other people. You know what I mean? I'm just like over that part of my life. Like I don't want to deal with that shit. So I'm trying to like surround myself with these good fucking people. And Maddie's definitely one of those guys. Um, so when it comes to like, he, like me building the bike, that's like where I get my recognition. He gets his recognition from taking pictures of built. You know what I mean? Like his pictures are his bike. You know what I mean? Right. Does that make sense? It does. <laughs> like that's yeah. his art. So it's like the longer I make him wait, the longer he has to wait to see that return. Um, so I was like, look, go through the photo shoot, pick three pictures that you the best, and share them out on your page. I let him share the pictures out before I even share the pictures out, before he doesn't share the pictures out. You know what I mean? And yeah. that was like my like way to like, even though I didn't want any fucking pictures to go out, that was like my way to like, and it sounds small, but it's, that was like my thank you for all of the time. And like, I'm saying he would drive here after work, after work all fucking day, just to record for fucking 10 minutes because the other shit wasn't ready. Mm, but he wanted some of it so we could start good. editing. You know what I mean? There was like there was like eight times that he did that. He would come record for 10 minutes just so he could have another little section to edit, even though I wasn't ready to do the rest of it. And it's just like, so I had to give him something. Um, so that's one of the things I'm most excited about. I'm excited for people to see what he did. Um, the video quality is fucking out of this world. And and was like, dude, this shit looks sick. Um, it literally looks like it is on fucking TV. Like, the it quality really is amazing. That stuff um, you showed me is definitely shot like a documentary. You still there? Yeah, I think I lost oh. you. I'm saying that, that, that the way that it's shot looks exactly like a documentary. Yeah, it's just crazy. Like, the way he, like, angles the camera and, like, it's just, it's fucking nuts. Um, so that's one of the parts I'm most excited about. Um, he spent a lot of time. And like I said, he was down on the wire. By the time we were done with the photo shoot and then finally done with the video, because like I said, that took like two weeks in itself. Um, he had like a week and a half, two weeks max to edit everything. And yep. I know. Oh, he spent long fucking nights in front of that computer editing that to make sure it was the dopest fucking video that he could put out because that's what he does. Um, but look at his YouTube channel. Like I would say, Chopper Fisher on YouTube. Even his YouTube videos are fucking phenomenal. Um, so that's one of the things I'm most excited about. I want people to see the work that he put into it. I want them to see that video. Um, and I'm super stoked for people to like actually see the bike, hear the story behind it, and finally get that part out. Um, cause like I said, I didn't share much about the build and like I was saying nine times out of 10 people that are in this build, like in this show, it moves them on to bigger and better things. Um, yeah. And which I mean- is great. Cause I'm in the middle of starting up the unicorn ranch business. Um, locked ice chop shop. That's not like off the table. Um, and make that work when it's time for that to work. But like right now, that's not my focus. I'm not focused on bringing in a bunch of bikes. I'm not focused on maintenance. I'm not focused on any of that. Um, 
I know when I'm ready for that, I can jump right back into that seamlessly. Um, right now, I'm focused on the Unicorn Ranch, doing the pinstriping, doing um, all the vinyl stuff. And I started this company for my wife. Um, I don't know if I talk about it for my wife is, so my wife is a disabled veteran. Uh, she did eight years. She deployed in Iraq twice. And uh, she's a fucking beast, dude. And she's been out of work. She's just been raising my kids for the past six years. Just every day, in and out, raising the kids. Um, so this business was for her. I spent a fuck ton of money on really nice vinyl machines, really nice heat presses for hats, shirts, um, boxes of vinyl. It's crazy. Set up a whole office for her. So this is like my main goal right now. This is what I'm hoping any kind of, if anything comes out of the grease does, and I'm hoping it just sheds more light on my name and gets more people into this business. And I think it's definitely done it, man. This is, I mean, we're about to do the hats with that business too. Yeah. Kind of Jumpstart things. And I'm looking forward to seeing what you do with it. Yeah. I'm excited, man. It's been, uh, like I said in the beginning of this whole interview, I recommend the Greasy Dozen to anybody. It is 100% a life-changing show. Like, if you're ever, like, thinking, like, and everybody that has built a motorcycle style, like, it would be cool as fuck to build for a show. I recommend that first show being the Greasy Dozen. Because it's, like, it's more of a, and it sounds so cliche and, like, sound fucking, but it's more of, like, a family thing. Like, when you leave the Greasy Dozen, like, dude, the Greasy Dozen's over. The Greasy Dozen's been fucking over for months. I still talk to all these dudes in that builder's threat. Still. I'm like, what are you guys up to? Oh, I'm fucking working on this, blah, blah, blah. Check out my new van. Like, it's it's literally a fucking family thing now. Like, me and Dan are, like, fucking home. We only chill with that dude once at Deadbeat. You know what I mean? I chill with John once at Cheap Thrills. Me and him are fucking homies. Like, I know what he's doing on personal life and starting businesses and it's just like this is the show that you want to be your first show you build for i promise you that because it's it's a lot of return with not as much pressure on like is my bike gonna be good enough you know what i mean right 100 percent. it really does just seem like the perfect environment yeah to do your yeah, it's really cool. I'm glad that Bear uh, and now Zane have built this incredible fucking thing. And it all comes to a head tomorrow. Yeah, I'm fucking excited, man. A lot of people have been hitting me up um, and saying how excited they are. Uh, Steel City Blacksmith hit me up yesterday or today on uh, Facebook. So, man, and um. Hold on one second. Um, I'm also amped for like the fact of my family will get to see it. Because um, my family doesn't like understand really. It's hard to explain to somebody not in this community of like the big deal that that, that this bike is for me. Right. You know, like my parents are like, like my dad kind of gets it because like he's like riding motorcycles she's like oh that's a fucking really cool bike that he shows all this friend has pictures on his phone and shit but it's like i don't think he understands 
like the amount of time and work and like I don't know. So I, yeah, regardless, I'm I'm excited that my to see it and um, see the other bikes that were built along with it. Um, it's cool, man. I'm fucking excited to be in that same class as these bikes that are getting put out tomorrow. Yeah, dude, I'm so stoked to see everything come out and and for you guys to be able to have that that feeling of that actual showcase, you know? Right. Yeah, and that's so that's the other thing too is like I never really in like talking to the other 13 guys. I'll, all of us feel the same way. Um we never really had like the bad feelings of like, oh, this is fucking bullshit. Our bikes didn't get the get showcased. Um, we were all bummed at like not being able to go to Ohio and party with each other. You know what I mean? <laughs> and like, like that's the cool part about the show. It's like it's not really this sounds weird as fuck, but it's like it's not really about the bikes. And like as weird as that is to say, like building a bike for a show, it's like really not even about the bikes. It's like about the journey of building. And this sounds so fucking gay saying this. Like as I'm saying, I'm like, I'm such a fucking gay dude saying this. (laughs) (laughs) It's like about the sharing that journey of building that bike with 12 other dudes. You know what I mean? The 12 other dudes part sounded gay, but yeah, no, I hear you. <laughs> it's a weird thing, dude. It's like not about the bikes. At least for me, I don't know. I can't say for other dudes, but I like I know for sure. Like I talk to um Dan a lot. I talk to uh, Long John a lot. Um and like we feel the same, and like I'm pretty sure everybody else feels the same way. It's like the biggest disappointment that we have is not being able to meet each other. Because like the bikes we, we build fucking rad ass bikes and like people are going to get to see those all the fucking time when we're out riding and bring them to other shows. Um, but, and bear was saying is like, once you build the breezy dozen, um, it kind of puts you on the map and like other shows have seen those bikes and they want you to bring those bikes to that show. Cause people know about those bikes. So people want to see them. You know what I mean? Um, sure. so like those bikes are going to be seen regardless, but, is there going to be another time where all 13 of us are going to be in the same place? Probably not. You know what I mean? Unless yeah. every, all of us can get down to the greasy dozen next year, which is hard, man. Cause like you're not dedicated to be there next year. So it's like, you're taking that time off and spending that money to get there just because at that point, like, will the 13 of us ever be in the same fucking place at the same time? Probably not. So like, that's the biggest disappointment of it. I can definitely understand that. I think like you described it before, the best way to, to refer to it is a class. You know, it's like right. when, when your class graduates, it's like, are we ever going to be this group of people right. in this place again? And the answer is probably not. Right. Right. But you you take it with you forever now. And that actually right. kind of ties into something I, I wanted to to kind of jump to here is from your first build – to now, what are some of the, the biggest things that you've picked up along the way where you, where you look back and you think like, wow, I can't believe I learned this or I can't believe that, you know, when I was starting, I used to think that this particular thing was a complete mystery to me. And now 
it's something that you understand completely. Right. What, what are the things um, you think of in regards to that? So the first thing that comes to mind, um, I think my biggest improvement is I don't shy away from the things that are going to be the hardest to do. Um, on my first build, I was just so like, want to get this bike done. I want to ride this bike. Cause I didn't have a chopper at that time. You know what I mean? Um, so everything with the step job was, I mean, and don't get me wrong. I still put my fucking heart into the step job. That was the first bike I've ever built. Um, but like, there were so many that I wanted to do, but it was like, well, this is going to take too long. And like, I don't really know how to do that. Um, but I don't do that anymore. Now it's like, if I think of an idea that I want to do, like when it came to the white trash build, it did not matter how hard it was or how long it would take me. I would do it until I did it. Like there was no like other option. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. I think, I think that's probably sticks out. Um, but like one of the biggest differences is definitely uh, my tooling. Uh, my tooling is like fucking night and day compared to the first build. Um, yeah, like ridiculous. Um, and I mean, my style is kind of still the same. Um, you can look at these two bikes and tell. I don't know how to really say that one. It's hard to look at these two bikes side by side and be like, that's from the same dude. Because they're so radically different. But you can right. tell that the things. You know what I mean? Like, you can tell by the way I set up my sissy bar and, like, the way I like a low riding seat on the frame and, like, the real tight, narrow, short bars. Um, yeah. I mean, I in my eyes it still has like my original touch, even if I wasn't building it for a purpose. Um, just way nice. <laughs> yeah, it definitely seems like it's not, it's got similar elements to what you first built, but it, 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 you went in a very different direction with this one. Yeah, for sure. This would, and that's another thing too, like, this bike will probably never be built by me again. And like, not because I hate swing on bikes. Um, I will say this though, building this bike was much, much fucking harder. Um, especially cause I, like, I've talked about this so many times. Um, the reason I like rigid bikes cause I like, and it's the same reason why I like the old Chevy's. I like those crisp body lines. You know what I mean? It's the same thing on like a C10. It has those nice, everything's like fucking supposed to be where it is. It all lines up. Everything looks like it fits. Um, and to be able to do that with a swing arm is very fucking hard. Yeah. That was probably one of the hardest things, honestly. <laughs> but it was like one of those things Like what I said is it didn't matter how hard anything was which is a, the by far the biggest thing that i've improved since the first build um it doesn't matter how hard it is or how long it's going to take or how many times i have to do it if that's what i want to do that's 100 what i'm doing and to be able to build a swing on bike where i still 
can appreciate the lines of it uh, like I would do was so fucking hard. Yeah. So, yeah, I probably will not build another swing on a bike again after this. Yeah, I think it's uh, time to go back to the slim ones, you know, without having to work around the uh, the suspension on it there, at least for the next one. Right. What about you? So, as far as things that seemed impossible in the beginning, the welding was definitely the first one. And I promise this whole answer isn't going to be welding, but that definitely is the first thing that jumps out because when I was building the XS, that bike is what caused my whole career change was just learning and understanding how much cool stuff you could do if you were able to stick metal together. Um, we've talked at length on this podcast about that. So I'll kind of leave that part there, but the, the other part that was the most, one thing that that's one thing that I think would be hard to tell that your first build is your first build because your first build was all done pretty much in flux core. Yeah, hundred percent. A lot of it, at least. <laughs> yeah, the um, majority of and it the, was fixed. right, and like having that be like a very good cake welder's bike would be hard to be like, really. <laughs> yeah, you wouldn't. You wouldn't really believe it, and that's why the. Um, and I know it's gotten stalled because then we got into hunting season, and and everything went a million different directions, and I picked up the. Uh, the soft tail, but that road star is going to be a lot easier to tell because that thing, I welded the whole frame on that one. It's all TIG welded. I'm going to weld up an oil tank for it. It's all going to be a completely different look um, from how that bike started. So that one would tell the story um, one bike to the next, as far as how that skill developed. Cause similar to what you're saying, it's like once I get interested in something and this happened with the hunting thing too, which is probably why I drive you nuts with all these questions is it's like, I can't just like dip my toe in a thing and be like, Oh yeah, I'll just like casually try this. It's like, Nope, I want to know all this stuff. And I don't want to know what people do. I want to know why they do it. You know, why, why, why do they do it that way instead of another way? And I think sometimes that can come off weird because it can sound like I'm challenging people or like trying to tell them that, that their way is wrong, but really I just want to understand the mindset behind it. Like I'm not saying I know better than they do, but I want to know why they do it that way. Um, right. So that, that started with the welding. And then the one that I would say was most, cause you can weld a couple things and kind of feel like, okay, I'm getting the hang of this and, um, and feel pretty confident about it, um, fairly quickly. But what, the biggest growth from then to now was doing that motor. Um, I had never done a motor and that thing was seized when I bought it. Um, right. And I keep going back to this when I talk to people about doing their builds is like make a build thread. I could never have built that bike and fixed that motor without that build thread that I made um, on XS650.com. Cause it was just yep. every night I would just take a picture of what I was looking at and people on the forums would be like, keep going, keep pulling stuff out, keep labeling it. And the whole time I'm just like, this is never going back together 
all of this stuff seemed so confusing. And now on the other side of it, it, it still is. I mean, like when the bottom of the XS has like 19 bolts that hold it on and you have to pull it out and there's the studs run the whole length from the bottom end all the way up through the top of the cylinders. It's like, it, it's a weird setup. Um, it's definitely easier with a Harley. I, I'm very glad to have the soft tail now if I ever have to do motor work on it. But um, that was just, that was the most nerve wracking thing that I did because the whole time, you're building this bike and you're just waiting. You're just waiting to find out if you totally fucked it up. Um, thankfully, I didn't. I managed to ruin it later, but that was a, that was a separate issue. <laughs> um, it, it still sits where it sits. But I think that and the progression with the welding, I, I would never believe. I would never have believed it. You know, when I was sitting where I was starting the excess that I would be where I am today and have changed jobs, you know, to pursue it more. Um, I actually just had a guy at work today that I met for the first time that one of the managers on the other building. And we were talking about, you know, where I'd gone to school and college and all that. And he was like, what, so if you have a degree, what are you doing welding? And I was like, told him the whole story about getting into bikes and, just finding it fascinating to learn more about how to fabricate different types of things. And I was like, I, I would, there's nothing else that I'd rather be doing. Like no desk job would, would have any appeal after you learn these things and you're like, wow, you could just, you just make anything if you keep at this and keep figuring shit out. So yep. it really is super cool uh, to see where it's come and, this winter, I have some more plans for things I want to do with the soft tail, um, things I want to do with the Roadstar, and then Fox might jump in on the motor. Um, we might do that motor together, me and the wife, um, just as a project. And if the kids wanted to jump in, they could jump in too and just kind of make it something that we all do together. I don't really have any interest in putting that back together just for me to ride it, but if it's something I do with the wife and kids, that's uh, – that would make it worth going all the way back to the bottom end of that motor again. For sure. No doubt. Uh, the other thing too here, cause I know, I don't know how we're doing on time, but um, I wanted to get into this because I know greasy dozen releases tomorrow. Things have been weird because of COVID and because of everything getting shut down. What do you miss the most? As with regard to how things used to be during the regular days where you would just go out and hang out with your homies, stores were open, business as usual. What, what's the biggest thing that's changed here and, and what do you miss the most? Um, I would say, so it's kind of like a catch 22. Um, so this year has kind of been refreshing a little bit um, because I've had more time to just hang out with my kids and my wife and just fucking like relax. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. The summer before, man, we were gone like every fucking weekend. Um, but on the flip side, I miss being gone every fucking weekend. I miss going to different places and meeting new fucking people 
and meeting people that listen to the show. And yeah, I just miss doing all that. Like I absolutely, I love going to shows. I fucking love it. And not even because like, I love being at a show because really I fucking don't (laughs) to be honest. (laughs) Um, But I love like just chilling and with like all the homies that like we don't see on the normal basis. Um, so that I definitely missed 2020 sucked for that. Um, yeah, that's probably the biggest thing really is, uh, that, I mean, even with that, like I do, I did not ride at all this year. I maybe put down just over a hundred miles. Yeah. It's been a, it's been a crazy fucking year for that for sure. Yeah. And I mean, a lot of that had to do with the greasy dozen. Cause like when I had free time, that's what I was doing. Like when it was like 70 degrees that I wasn't like, yeah, fucking I should go ride. I'm like, God, it's a gorgeous weekend. I can work in the shop with the doors open. <laughs> right. So that, that sucked up like a lot of my fucking time. Um, so a lot of the, like the, the beginning of COVID didn't really bother me too much cause I was just in the garage anyway. So it just made it so I didn't have to make excuses to not be going to shit. Um, but it definitely sucks. Uh, especially when you hit a show like deadbeat and it's just a solid weekend of like everybody, you know, and just fucking tearing it up. Um, it definitely makes you miss like the rest of the season, but, uh, yeah, man, it's been a refreshing break, but I'm definitely ready to get back to that next year that I want to get back down to Jersey. Um, I want to get, I definitely want to hit like some of the further shows like mama tried and fuel Cleveland. Um, definitely going to greasy dozen. Um, definitely want to hit war run next year. There's just so many fucking shows that I want to hit. Um, and it was nice to have this year off. I feel like I, I have more to justify those trips on for next year. Yeah, Absolutely. What I missed the most was just people dropping by. I feel like that used to happen. Dude, that's true. <laughs> time. Like I would just be, I remember just being out in the garage working on something and like fish tank would just pull in on the bike. And I yeah. was like, oh shit. Yeah. Let's go for a fucking ride. Yeah. And we'd just go take a cruise and then we'd come back or like somebody would be like, Hey, do you want to go to, um, the hell is that fucking brewery called out near me? Oh, uh, Pipe Dreams? Pipe Dreams, thank you. They'd be like, yeah, let's just go to Pipe Dreams real quick, and then we'd all meet at Pipe Dreams and have a beer. Yeah. And it was like, that just used to, I feel like that, it probably didn't happen as many times as I'm thinking, but the times that it did happen are definitely on replay in my brain right now. Right. Because it's just yeah. been so long since anybody just, like, dropped over on it, dropped in unannounced, you know? Right. I still do yeah. that to you, though, when I uh, come to hunt behind your house at 5 a.m. without telling you the night before. <laughs> That's always a fun drop-in, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, man, I did. I, I kind of – so I did a lot of cookouts and shit this year, um, which was weird because I didn't think a lot of people would be into it. But it was quite times. Like, we had a good amount of fucking people here. Um, so that was dope, but uh, still definitely wasn't anything like a, what it was the year before. Like like you were saying, it's like 
pretty much hanging out with somebody every weekend. Somebody was going to stop by, like having a fire at your house. You know what I mean? Yep. But uh, I'm definitely looking forward to that with the chop luck. Um, speaking of that, I know you're in that same group text, but we need to uh, narrow that down. Um, I know this is always the busiest time of the fucking year, which is why I don't know why we always do it this late, but um, yeah, we got to fucking, we got to figure that out so we can lock that in. Cause that's always like our one banger for the, the end of the year. So that's true. Yeah. We got to get, we got to get those plans made and uh, do one last hurrah for 2020, the year that was the weirdest of our, probably of our lifetimes. For sure. Oh, sure. We also got to bring back kicks and dick because I've been getting fucking hate mail. Yeah, dude, the people are not happy about it. And then, <laughs> again, just so you people know, the, part of the reason that we haven't been doing them is because we're not in the same room. We used yeah, to. Yeah, a lot of the time we're not. Most of the time. It's been a long yeah. time since we did one where we were actually sitting face to face. And that's the thing. Is yeah. There isn't really a great way for us to do kicks in the dick from two different locations without having some crazy right. delay yep so yeah not that we don't want to hear about who you guys hate maybe we could do them um, <laughs> maybe we you know what we could do just thinking out loud since we plan everything about this show while we're doing the show um <laughs> is if we just had people write them in on the, on the post and then we yeah, like we used to yeah, we used to. I forgot we used to do it that way. It was so long ago that we used to do it that way. We switched over to the live. I actually forgot we ever did it the other way. Yeah, yeah, we, we could, could start doing that, that again. Yep, we'll go back to that next week. Yeah, that works for me. Then I don't have to sit there on the live feed with a bunch of people wave putting waving emojis instead of writing kicks in the dick while I wait for them to write something. <laughs> it might just be better for everyone this way. Yeah, probably a little right. bit easier. So before we get too much further, let's take a quick second to thank a couple of the people that helped to make the show possible. First up, we got Babe Spikes and Beards, Amy Lynn Arrington and Chris Pizzo out there in Cambridge, Massachusetts, holding it down for the community. Come springtime, hopefully the coast is clear and we are all getting back together and they'll be doing their bike nights again. Uh, hit up babes, bikes, beards, all one word on Instagram, join their Slack team. Uh, Amy keeps a calendar with all the events that are going on. So next season, when shit kicks off again, that is who you're going to want to know. Let them know that the low life boys sent you. Next up, we've got hypnic jerk customs making some of, the dopest taillights you will ever see. I actually had his T-shirt on at work just the other day, and one of the old dudes who literally does not come to work unless he's wearing Harley Davidson merch but has never come in on a motorcycle came up and said, uh, what's, what's a hypnic jerk? And I was like, listen, old man, it's hypnic jerk customs, and they make some <laughs> of the dopest taillights you've ever seen. I'm like, what do you got, a fucking Model A taillight on that piece of shit you never ride? So... We'll get him hooked up. We'll make him a believer. Maybe get him some Hypnic Jerk merch. But head on over to HypnicJerkCustoms.com or .au. I don't know. Is it .com? Hang on a minute. I don't want to give people the wrong link. Customs.com. Yep, it's .com. He's on the fucking American bandwagon. Love it. Oh, this is a nice site. I've never actually viewed it on the computer. I'm always on my phone. So... 
Go to hitmcjerkcustoms.com, hitmcjerkcustoms on Instagram. Let them know we sent you. Who do we got next? Uh, we got the homie Steve at Deadbeat Customs, uh, the creator of the motherfucking Deadbeat Retreat, where all low lives go to die. Um, hit up Steve at deadbeatcustoms.com. He has a little bit of everything from Choppers to the Dyna Bros and has the sickest motherfucking flannel line. Yeah, that's right. Fuck that other company. Get over to Deadbeat Customs <laughs> and get yourself the proper flannel. That's it. Uh, let's see. I know we got some more here. Uh, lowbrow customs, everything you need for the road ahead since 2004. Tyler is the man. He has his hands in every motorcycle event across the country, pretty much. And you can literally build an entire bike off of lowbrowcustoms.com. So head over there, check them out on YouTube and on Instagram. And if you want to go back, check out Milwaukee murderer, the episode we did with Tyler. God, it's gotta be over a year ago now. Um, super cool dude. Uh, love everything that he's doing. Missing anything? Uh, I think that's it, man. I also want to throw out a little PSA. Um, now that we are done with the Greasy Dozen uh, episodes, um, if you have been waiting to get on the show, hit us the fuck up. Um, I want to get some local garage builders when i say local i don't mean local to me um but i want to get some garage builders back on the show um have you tell us what you're working on throughout the winter um maybe talk about what fucking 2020 has been like for you and that's it man hit this the fuck up love it all right so to close this one out i know we didn't do a bunch of riding ourselves this year but as we move toward 21, 2021, I will say, don't ride it like you own it. Ride it like you stole it and stuffed that thing with new transmission components. Yes. That's what you need to be doing this winter. <laughs> yeah, that is what I need to do this winter. <laughs> um, so one more time before we close this out, the Greasy Dozen digital release. Listen, guys, it is tomorrow night. Um, just get over to Facebook, type in Greasy Dozen uh, Digital Show. It'll come up. It is going to be November 14th. The live will start at 7 p.m. Eastern time. Get the fuck over there and show some goddamn support. Love it. That's all I got. You got any more announcements? No, I think that's all we got for the time being. What do you got for these people? Take them into their weekend. It's Friday. Go watch the digital release. We'll get jumped the next show by me and Grease. Yeah. <laughs> we can get it on. Who want war? I'm so fucked up in this place. I can't feel my face. My face. You can call the law. They ain't gonna come. I'm so fucked up in this place. I can't feel my face. My face. I'm crazy. I'm my people crazy. I'm crazy. Gun, son, you don't want none. I'm-
Facebook, but I'll never see your face in public. And if I do, all of a sudden, now you wanna be buddies. That's funny, what you talking that tough shit? Click bang, motherfucker, I don't play no games. Crazy white boy, David Ray, Alex Kang. Made a lane, paved the way, then I came, give it flame. Went state to state, now everybody knows the name. Let it rain, fuck haystack, let them hang, turn it up, let it bang. What the fuck were you saying? Okay, I'm so numb to this game. I'm so numb to this game. Everywhere I go, on the road, every show, I feel like I'm losing my soul. People come and go, just so they can see me on stage. I feel like I'm locked in a cage. Man, I miss the days, working nine to five for some pay. Feel like I'm about to go crazy. Keep my boots laced, trying to keep pace. Moving so fast that I can't feel my face. We can get it on, who wants war? I'm so fucked up in this place, I can't feel my face, my face. You can call the law, they ain't gonna CWB, Crazy White Boys. What has become will never be what it was, because it is what it is. <laughs> 